Right, we gonna go? I think so. Yeah, <laughs> we're already going. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, Tricked. Pull a sneaky on you. Yes, hello, and you're very welcome to episode 14 of Higher Fidelity. Now, we live in a world that is changing constantly at a terrifying pace. And even with that, in the last month, so much has changed. An intense amount. The rate of change has gone gangbusters. (laughs) Supernova. I would say that the situation has developed from OMG to OMFG. Mm, WTF, maybe, as well. Well, well, this is is a good Christian podcast. It's WTH, okay? Okay. What the heckin'? (laughs) I mean, I don't even know where to start. I mean, we'll start with the biggie. The Karate Kid franchise has been brought to life again (laughs) with a TV show called Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. Uh I've seen the ads. I've seen the whole thing. I watched the entire thing in 15 hours. No, that's probably wrong. Some of my fact check me on that. I watched the entire thing in two settings over the course of two nights that were consecutive. Enough so that I lost sleep and felt bad that I did, but also did it again. Yes, I know that feeling. The program is so good at ramping up nostalgia that I haven't even seen the original films and still was going, about fucking time Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence were back in my life this is great. And you're such a candidate for the original films. I know. Fan. Like, I'm kind of going, why the fuck haven't you seen the original films? <laughs> I what? haven't, but I mean, you're a real, you would have seen them. What's that supposed to mean? I'm like a, a slut for shitty 80s comedies, is that it, what you're saying? It's, it Whoa, just, who said shitty? Yeah, I didn't say shitty. Yeah, but like, it can't be that good, can it? <laughs> well, no, I mean, I, I, the spin-off kept me up for two days straight, but like, the original source material can't be that. No, it, it, it just is the kind of uh, popular culture that you would have a, an encyclopedic knowledge of. I do intend to. I have, a, I have a encyclopedic knowledge of the point after which it was culturally relevant. Relevant in that, and that I know the show now. Yeah, yeah, I think I think the characters are fleshed out past the point of me being able to enjoy them in their original format. Maybe you've just ruined it for yourself. I mean, the thing is now that the show does obviously know that it's a remake and it's a like a, not a reboot, but like a soft sort of recasting mm. or like a continuation of a story from thirty years ago. In that, every five minutes there is like a throwback to a scene. So I think I may have like in bits seen the film through the entire course of this right. these two seasons. I think it's I think it's fun. In uh, other less exciting news, Ross, what have you done recently? I um. Stupidly started college. Bit of an oxymoron. You are. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I started a carpentry techniques course in Cavan. It's boring. There's, you know, there's a good, you know, there's some weird characters in my class. All good though. <laughs> um, yeah, it's like Ocean's Eleven, but um, I'm not Clooney. Who's the Sandra? Oh, you mean the all male version? You mean you don't mean Ocean's Eight? Well, no, there's not eight of us. There's eleven of us. Oh, there actually is eleven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, who's the pit? Who's the pit? Oh, I don't know. Are you the Chinese guy who goes, where fuck were you? When they don't, when they don't turn up in time. <laughs> yeah, because I can, I can fold myself into a little fucking box. Yeah, do it now. Oh, look at it. That's very it's fucking cool. It's mad how he does that. Yeah, I like that. No, see, but literally the, the, the second you walked in the door on the induction day, you became more qualified than all of us. It, like, it, it's strange because I haven't needed to learn or, or any of that stuff since for eight, over eight years now. Yeah. Which is quite scary. Think of what you've learned in that time. That's what everyone says. Yeah, when the answer is nothing. Not much. <laughs> no, it's like, let's face it, like, we haven't been in school for eight years-ish as of now, which means, like, I was talking about this uh, the other day to our friend Sam, that uh, it's been, like, nearly ten years since we've been in education, and he made the horrific point that the tenth anniversary of our first album is also then barreling down on us as a result of us not being in education for that long. Yeah. It's the same fucking difference. Jesus Christ. Isn't that absolutely bonkers? I don't like that. 
I really yeah. don't like that sobering moment. Two years time, it'll be the ten year anniversary of us commencing recording for the album. Yeah, we'll have like we'll have put our first EP out ten years ago. We're so fucking past it. We are so past. Well, we it. will have made it's our. It's not even fucking funny. It's like how past it we are. <laughs> we are yesterday's men. In a matter of weeks, like it's going to be ten years since we appeared on TV together for the first time. Wow, yesterday's boys, tomorrow's men. Yeah, today's bread today <laughs> <laughs> oh great yeah but like yeah, if you're enjoying college because I, I obviously railroaded community uh, when I went to Netflix I absolutely middled through it at frightening pace and now obviously assume that any non-city based college it involves the entire sort of relationship ecosystem that that show does. Well, yeah, but so I don't you, know what I don't know what sitcoms do except for present the most realistic version of events possible. I mean, mm. you have you've you've basically gone through community college and learned karate. Karate. Crotty. <laughs> John Crotty. Crotty. You yeah. learned them, all right. But, yeah, I, but I, I assume you're going in, uh, setting up like a study group, having a will they, won't they relationship with someone in the class. And Oh, lads, no. <laughs> um, no will um, they, won't they? It's going to be a massive period of self-discovery for you, Ross, and I can't wait. You could find yourself in someone else. It's in like an emotional way. <laughs> <laughs> in, like a, in like an emotional fulfillment. I mean, it, it, it's really not as exciting as that. It's so boring. I get to make shit that's cool, but maths is not cool. You going back story. to maths is mental. Because like maths is the thing that people do when they're children. That was a crazy yeah. realisation when you told me that you would have to do that. I thought that was mad. It <laughs> is great though that in secondary school when, when my maths teacher said, you'll never be using a calculator in your life. And as the first class of maths, she said, by yourself, the... GTX FX ZY3 calculator because it's amazing. It's like a rocket and it's solar powered and it actually is and I have it. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I remember my teacher in school, my maths teacher in school, Miss Carol, used to say, if it's not a Casio, it's not a calculator. It's not classy. I, I didn't want to pull up and go, there probably is like other brands of calculator. I think there is. There's we have a Harry Potter one at home. It's definitely well, a calculator. Yeah, but if you rip, if you just scrape away the, the Potter. I bet you it's Casio. Casio Potter. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Harry, Harry, Harry Casio. Casio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, back in college, that's great. Uh, yeah. Well done, uh, Ross. Thanks, man. I have upped sticks and downed sticks to... to do, Does that work? Does that scan? Doesn't to, really. To, down the, to the big smoke? Down stick? Big no, as in like, I picked up the, the, uh, upped sticks as in I went to move and then put them down again having finished moving. You up sticks and then you, you down tools when you arrived. To down tools is like leave a place of work. Ross That's down, true. Ross you down, down, yeah, you down, uh, down tools reaching. and like you went on strike. I left my house. Five, and six, pick up sticks. I now live somewhere else. Seven, eight, went to Dublin. <laughs> I live in Harold's Cross. I live behind a graveyard. I live in a house with other people who, who are really nice. I, and I find myself doing things now that I never thought I would do. Mm. In terms of like living with people I don't know. And also feeling like an overwhelming urge to buy a plant. Mm. I've never cared about foliage in, in my entire existence, except when it's in my way, in the form of a briar as a child, <laughs> a nettle as a teen, a large bush as an adult. Yeah. It's like I wanted to get a thing for uh, like the, the wind, windowsill. And again, I've never cared about that. So my independence has brought out in me a desire to rare biological life. You want to be the Seymour to an Audrey too. Please say you didn't get a cactus. I got a cactus. Oh, no. <laughs> You're one of those. I bought it because it looked like the pit of Sarlacc from Star Wars. Do you know when Luke... It's yeah, I know. I just don't understand how a cactus could look like that. It, well, it just... <laughs> the way that the leaves go around, the way that the sort of the prickles okay. go around, it looks like it's a mouth doing this and then a tongue okay, in the okay, middle okay, of it. Yeah, yeah. I forgot that it was a plant that reacted to what position it was, like, held yeah. when I took it out of the bag and I took it out upside down. All the dirt went all over the bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, all, all the soil went everywhere. And I went, oh, fuck's sake, the fucking plant is dead now 
because there's no soil, it's grasping the air, it's suffocating, what am I going to do? So I put it back in its pot and just put it up on the windowsill. And then I remember texting someone saying, I just literally bought a plant, it's already dead. And they said, how, just put the soil back in. And I realised that I hadn't, I disposed of the soil. Because, and this is why I looked at it and went, oh no, it's dirty now, so it can't, the plant won't grow. Even though the only thing that was dirty was the soil making the surface, <laughs> it was on dirty. Had I put it back in the pot, it would have been fine. Yeah. I thought the soil was dirty when the soil was the dirt. Yeah. Dirt's in the bin, plants in heaven. I now have a fucking empty pot and a dead <laughs> cactus. Yeah, that's that's sad. It's when I looked at it and went, that's dirty, I can't use that soil because the plant won't grow because it's dirty now. Is that is is water wet? Is dirt dirty? Is dirt dirt? Who the fuck knows? Who the fuck cares? <laughs> Isn't that why people buy them is because you don't even have to take care of them, just leave them there. Yeah, you don't have to take care of them, away. but also you don't have, you don't you shouldn't empty them onto your yeah. bed. <laughs> yeah, not true, true. On top of that as well, um, the house I live in, uh, the back of the house is entirely a conservatory. And there's no door blocking off the conservatory from the rest of the house. So the bottom half of the house, the kitchen and sitting room in the conservatory bit, around this sort of time of the year, as I've been told reliably by the people who live there, does enter a, a phrase normally reserved for like the Arctic Circle in terms of that it enters permafrost, where it is impossible to exist down there because it gets so incredibly cold because all the heat is just sucked out to the vacuum of the single glazing window that is made yeah. of the conservatory. Mm. So the last few weeks has just been a mission to trying to figure out a way to insulate the house, resulting in me and Fergal, my Turkish housemate, looking up on adverts.ie for like free stuff, for free carpets and rugs that we can hang and put in places and things like that. And we found what weighs, looks and feels like a Victorian like four layer curtain that's lead lined and it's just impermeable, <laughs> impermeable to like life in general. It's It just is heavy fucking duty and it's about 20 feet across we like double layered that over and just hung it in front of the thing but it was obviously minging from whatever stately home attic it was pulled out of (laughs) so we had to go get the dry cleaner that was fine brought it back hung it up that was fine it was still quite cold we we also got a few little rugs and hang them on the wall and then he was like okay my tennis friend he works at Power City he's got something for us so I went okay so we went over there thinking he was like a a rep or a salesman there Mm. Went walked into the front and Fergan rang him he said come round the back and he opened the big huge steel industrial sized warehouse gates I was like, bring the car in. Oh shit! Someone's telling me a man in a high, <laughs> He's a man, waving you back. A man in a high vis jacket yeah. is saying, "Bring the car in to a massive warehouse." So I drove in, then came round the corner with an eight foot bag of styrofoam <laughs> and an industrial sized roll of bubble wrap. I said, "Now there you go, have that." I said, "Fucking deadly great." Okay, cool. So I went back, shoved the styrofoam into every air vent. And, air, and the chimney in an effort to keep the wind out. 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 <laughs> Covered every single window in bubble wrap. And now we're that weird house in the street that's entirely covered in bubble wrap. Mm. Like none of the rest of the houses are at all. That's what I'm saying. You know, they, if anybody's like lost in the area, so they're saying like, yeah, you go straight down there, you turn left, straight past the bubble wrapped house. Um, <laughs> and like, and this is the thing. So again, then we're, we're that weird house on the street. So why are they doing that? What's the story with that? Only comfort I take in that. The house is warm now, which is fine. We are going to suffocate in it because <laughs> we're surrounded on all sides by plastic. But at least we'll be warm. I mean, that's the main thing. The thing is, now, like, obviously, we're the weird house in the street that is covered bubble wrap that looks like it's sort of a, not necessarily a crime scene, but that something nefarious is about to go down or has gone down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If I was living beside us, I'd go, what lunacy is going on next door? Whereas at least I know it's a fine house. It's just fucking cold. Yeah, so that's, uh, that's I, I live in Dublin now, do that. Uh, in the Zen Arcade world. Oh, actually, no, the last Cro-Magnon, I went up and did the, the, like the first time we did the sandwich board thing it yeah. was a, it was an unmitigated disaster yeah the second time wasn't as mitigated at all I went up and I stood at one spot at the bottom of, this was probably about a month and a half ago I didn't put it on the last hire for that at least like, this was still totally fine to do stood at the bottom <laughs> of Grafton Street with the sandwich board on people actually looked this time which is a vast improvement and an even vaster improvement was five people took issues one businessman went by with a phone and did like the sort of like I'm on the phone we'll get that. Yeah, sh- 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 come on, sh- sh- 
<laughs> and I was like, well, it's, not, it's not a businessman thing. <laughs> He's like, I'm on the phone. You're going, you're not going to like it. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Finn, Finn Keenan, our yes. old videographer friend, came up. He took one as well and stood talking mm. for a while. Kind of distracted me. <laughs> Lost business. Another chap came up and took one. He was a photographer. He had a film camera. I said, do you mind if I take a photo of you, man? For like, this is like, pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> he, took, he took a photo, put it up later on. Not a very flattering angle, but you could see the sandwich board, so it was fine. He took an issue as well. Then a chap with no front teeth came up and said, I ha- what, what is this? And I said, it's a little zine we do every this? every month. <laughs> What's the deal with this thing? <laughs> this looks amazing. <laughs> I, I don't wish to assume destitution on anybody, but he didn't look housed. Okay. Is that all right? It's pretty PC. Uh, okay. He didn't look like the most presentable gentleman. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fine with me. He wasn't that well turned out. But he came up and I was like, what is this? I have to know what this is about. And I said, oh, it's a little zine we do every month. And he went, oh, marketing genius. Brilliant. I love it. This is brilliant. And he, so he walked around happy out that he saw something new today. And then a bin man came over and took issue, took an issue, and then took issue with me and said, you can't do this. I said, what do you mean? He goes, you have to have like a license for, you have to, You can't just set out a stall and say, no, I'm not, I'm wearing it. These are, these are my clothes. Uh, and he was like, this could be propaganda. You could be passing this around. And I was thinking to myself, if you read this, you would know that this is not trying to incite anything <laughs> I mean Dublin is full of people who's handing out stuff and, and, I know. and also with those mics attached to their face yeah they're like uh, do that. chatting on about shite there's a guy who plants who sticks his stand into like a bollard and sits down on his phone and it's an ad for a yum chai tea please let do it I wanted to hand out a fucking zine that talks about Mark Commode reviewing toilets right so the, the dichotomy of well homeless man thought it was genius bin man thinks it's illegal uh, yeah, my I, so obviously I hate the street, the, the charity approach to street selling, like the way Concern and things like that. Like, for instance, our friend Sam, we were walking up one day and a fella in a yellow Concern jacket. Now, I donate to Concern. You know, I do my bit for them. We're all the worthy causes. It doesn't stop you being accosted by incredibly rude people <laughs> who, under the guise of wanting to do good for the people, get to be really fucking rude to people in the street and I don't like them. Me and Sam were walking along with it and this guy just put both his hands up and said, Squadron ahead, can I talk to you about donating to charity? And we both like just phased through him, did not want to go near him. In wanting to not go near their approach of trying to be so incredibly approachable, I went for the opposite and had a deliberately sort of, I don't, please don't come near me face. I don't want this. I don't want to be spoken to. I don't even be here. And I think the sort of, why is someone going to something that's clearly of their own accord, hmm. looking pissed off doing it? <laughs> I have to know why. So like my, my anti-marketing approach seemed to work. But was it a 500% increase in sales? Easily. E- well, like I see, if any percentage increase on zero is still zero. So it's like, how do we make it that if it's 500% increase, how do we make it that it actually was like from zero? There's only, there's only one guy doing maths yeah, in this room. Yeah, fucking college boy. How do we? How do you business analyze five up from zero? All I know is that if you multiply something by zero, it's zero. Like, what do they even teach you in that fucking place? <laughs> Go back to your mortise and tenon joints, you prick. What are they? Mortise and tenon joints. What are they? They're a staple of joining wood together. You don't staple it. You actually like slot them in. <laughs> uh, dovetail joints. I bet you know what a bastard file is, though. <laughs> Damn right. I fucking use it on your fucking <laughs> dick. Morris and Tenon joints. You've got your dovetail joints. You've got your uh, spliffy joints. I've seen the fucking red-eyed lads coming out of the saw room. <laughs> Smoking with all the wood yeah. in there. Yeah. Yeah, man. Joints, yeah. Skinning up by the bandsaw. Fucking lighting up by the lathe. Doobying up by the hacksaws. Now we move on to... Zenar, the Zenar case. Okay, first of all, okay. Mm, yeah, another bit of news. Uh, last thing happened, with, we were called the Zenar. Oh my God, I'm too, I'm too used to the new <laughs> way of life. Zen Arcade, we have since now become 
the Zen Arcade. In the space yeah. of four days, we went from the Zen Arcade to being signed to Dental Records. <laughs> Kevin did. Colgate, the man, the myth, the legend of Dental Records, signed us the fuck up to his label. We also then announced our debut single, Don't Say a Word, or as it's become effectively known, thanks to all the file names that I've used. Ready? One, two, three. D-Saw. Yeah. That's what we call it. D-Saw. Uh, the amount of files on my laptop that just say D-Saw JPEG. D-Saw JPEG new. D-Saw.png. D-Saw final master. D-Saw old master drum mix. D-Saw new master. D-Saw finished video. D-Saw lyric video. D-Saw visualizer. Seeing it non-initialized is the weird thing for Seeing you. it written down, don't say a word. I go, fuck, that's what it's called. It's not called some weird, like, because D-Saw sounds like a, you know, a, a single by Kraftwerk. Sounds like an app. That's being developed. <laughs> oh man, have you got these? But yeah, so don't say a word. Our debut single is coming out on the 30th of October. This is coming out on the 16th, I think. So by this, no, this is coming out on the 20th. So at this point, we'll have announced the cassette, which is full of more lorific goodies. I hate that phrase. I hate the fact that <laughs> well, I said there's more goodies. goodies yeah. Oh, I hate it. You become everything you despise. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I just, I really associate goodies with the Den. Blue Peter, the Den. Any of those shows. You get the little sports bag with it and loads of goodies and yeah. it's a pen yeah. and a Rubik's yeah. Cube <laughs> and a notepad and one of those like sticky hand things that goes to the fuck one. Oh, yeah. Which goodies to me as a child always sounded edible and it was really kind of funny for me to realise, oh yeah, no, it's like pens and paper it's and It's like stuff. swag. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back, remember back when swag was like cool things, not like swag, as in to have drip, to be icy. <laughs> Wifey, he had his own fight me. <laughs> the doctor tried to take my blood but all he could find was swag. The inner sleeve of the cassette has like a some poems in it some like it's got the lyrics there there's loads of stuff going on inside the cassette the b-side is an episode of this it's only exclusive to just the b-side of the cassette you have to buy the cassette to get it oh look at that plebs can't listen basically can it all happen very quickly the track was serviced to radio via dental records oh yes uh, on the dental records thing obviously kevin colgate is a is a pseudonym uh, we set up the label it's our own little one we set up yeah. ourselves uh, just to totally destroy the myth right now you might as well people listen to this are in the inner circle they need to know the truth um, so we set it up registered the name it's all our own thing and then I was uploading the video just to like of it on playlist just to sort of check out that everyone's okay and it got copyright stricken by Dental Records, which is the first time I saw it in person as an abuser of the content that they were putting <laughs> out. <laughs> I thought, brilliant, I'm getting sued by, the own, by my own label, brilliant. Yes, yeah, so it all happened very quickly. The track was served to radio via Dental Records. It was picked up immediately that day. It was played on Radio 1. RTE Radio 1. RTE folks. Radio oh, 1. Irish Radio 1. So I assumed the way this this way this showbiz game works it was like oh yeah, your track's getting played now two weeks from now or you're getting the, or the, the, yeah. the, the focus date is the 22nd so be ready we got a call to say it's been played in two hours on Sean Rock's RT Radio 1 Arena. Yeah. Be there or be square. So we all scrambled all together to fucking ha- sit around. It's the first time we sat around with the TV. We said it, we got up on the TV. You have a yeah. radio-enabled television, which again is just a h- horrible feature of modern life is that people just don't have radios anymore. 21st century depressing rubbish. <laughs> I've never cared. I've never wanted to listen to the radio, but then also it's going, it's, my, it's our debut single. I want to sit around a radio and yeah. listen to it. You want to have a radio handy. Thankfully, the rest of the world got tuned in yeah. to D-Saw. Because we've been so used to saying Zen Arcade for so long. Hearing the radio, who's heard of who's heard the name for the first time say the Zen Arcade or any stumbling was great but again they wouldn't have been used to it being Zen Arcade so we're like oh yeah, Zen no, totally. I'm used to the the now yeah not the band the the don't like them not used no. to them they're bad but there's, there's adding the the to the front of the name I'm used to it now I'm kind of over it and again people adapted quite quickly to it which was nice as it's first time we've gathered around the radio in years to listen to a track being played on the radio mm. and since then it's been played a couple of times as well Dublin City FM BBC Northern Ireland Sounds have played it as well I think it was mentioned on John Creedon's show last night to use a term in the industry and I, I think has mild application globally. It is 
all go. All go. Say it, Ross. All go. All go. <laughs> like, I don't want to be like, you know, over, you know, overdoing it here, but it is white hot in the industry right now. <laughs> the cassette's going to be announced soon. We've already got some souls for a little special pre-order. People people who know, you know. Yeah, that's all that's been the focus over the last while, which has been great. And there's a video going to be coming out on the day the track is released, all that sort of stuff. We're going to cut into the first section. No, we're, we're not going to kick into it, no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Fuck both of you. <laughs> All right, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to picking up my broadcast skills. We're gonna cut a, into a big slice of. Don't say a word. Yes, this segment is a one-off segment called "Don't Say a Word," where I think the jingle is probably just going to be a badly cropped bit of the chorus. Maybe why not? Because higher fidelity was going to have the exclusive play. Of worldwide exclusive of Don't Say a Word. It was going to be the give me a hand, give me a hand with this. It was going to be the hottest record in the world right now. I said hottest record. Hottest record in the world. We've got the rural's hottest record. But yeah, we were promised the exclusive play of Don't Say a Word. But then an actual radio station hopped on our balls and crunched our dick under the stiletto heel of exclusivity <laughs> until, until we let them play it <laughs> so yeah we were going to be promised the first play here on higher fidelity that didn't happen bands what are you going to do we're going to play it here anyway we're going to give it our first airing on higher fidelity Ooh. so this is do it again this is Then our kid don't say a word.
doesn't say a word. Yeah, that was Zen Arcade. Good Zen Arcade. Yes, 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 there we go. Look over there we are on the fader, making sure that no one can copyright this track illegally off the thing. That was the Zen Arcade with the don't the say the word. <laughs> uh, yes, very, very good. Very exciting to have that live in the studio. And we have the band here with us now. I'm actually in the band myself. Hi, Pete. Thanks for having us on on, on, on our show. What's this called? Yeah, no, great to have you guys here. Delighted to be in the band. Interesting uh, interesting first track. How did that come about? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I uh, It was recorded in response to... It being written. Yeah, no, that, so there, you heard the track. That, that, that's why this isn't like a syndicated radio show, I think. Right. How we sort of bookended that. We've got a cassette run as well, which again features an exclusive episode of this. You know, you buy it, you listen to it. You won't get to hear it anywhere else. On that, I wanted to make, just a little, just, just, you know, having, just having fun with the format of like what's available online and what you can do with fun stuff. I wanted to make a chiptune version of the track. Chiptune is where you sort of reduce it down to a sort of MIDI file and then put it through sort of a NES emulator or like to create a, sort of an 8-bit or like old video game version of the song but in a Scott Pilgrim sort of kind of way of course thought that'd be fun to do tried it uh, proved to be not hard <laughs> actually impossible <laughs> let me just fetch my other laptop fucking Mr. Two laptops <laughs> over here fucking <laughs> 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 fucking Johnny Two laptops <laughs> Says it like it fucking is the most natural thing in the world. Well, the thing is, this laptop became deceased and I had to get another one and then I managed to revive this one and I used it then for downloading dodgy drivers, which I had to do to make this chiptune thing. So that wasn't an attempt to flex on broke people. <laughs> it was more uh, an affirmation that I don't look after my kit and have to get other people to fix it. A problem arises on a piece of technology that I have, I will immediately abandon it and buy a new thing instead of trying to get it fixed. Yeah. But something that I don't do with my phone, though, which... Every time I pull it out, someone says, get the fuck rid of that phone. Your phone um, attracts such... Uh, Ire? Yeah. Because it's hateful. Right, I'm going to take it out now and look, listen to the lads' fucking reactions. Oh, oh my god. god. It's, a, it's a 5S. It came out in 2017. It's fine. You know people don't age well. It's like that but a phone. It looks... It's still sleek. Sleek? It's sleek. <laughs> it's... It's... Sluck. It's what it is. So... <laughs> <laughs> so I went ahead and downloaded a load of weird drivers to try and create it. Now, getting a MIDI version of a track is actually quite hard. Uh, I downloaded four different drivers uh, and installation software. Thing. I don't even know if driver's the right word. That's how little I know about this sort of stuff. Managed to get a MIDI version and then tried to download a thing that would then turn it into uh, an 8-bit video game cartridge noise. Fit quite nicely with the brand. That's what I thought. Not possible because the software I wanted to use was only for PC, not Mac. Paul McCartney. Paul PC Cartney. <laughs> Paul Windows. <laughs> so I managed to get the MIDI file anyway, and I thought, okay, well, I could do something with that. So I put it into GarageBand, and this is what the Steinway Grand Piano plugin on GarageBand makes of the MIDI file of the track Don't Say a Word, which you just heard. It's so funny for me to hear technology, to hear like a, a, a digital piano try and make sense of what drums are oh, yeah. and try and approximate that as best it can. It's so funny because the piano, because it's such a fast song and I'm imagining like a, a classical music man really like hammering his balls <laughs> off on the piano, really like in a kind of a wild like Beethoven hair kind of man going yeah. crazy. This is it on a plugin called Mellow Poly. The funny thing is you can hear like the you can hear a semblance like, of the track. You can hear the song in there. Yeah. <laughs> you can't there. Like a, you know, you know, like a producer. You know, producers are like get the shitty demos and like I can hear the song is in there. It needs to be brought out. Like you play them that. 
<laughs> feel like that's the fucking demo, mate. <laughs> well, you did get the sheet music, didn't you? Or, no, the, yeah, it's weird to see the sheet yeah. music came up on yeah. one of the programs. It's the sheet music. It is everything on the track. It's hectic. Like, if you tried to play that sheet music on the piano, it would sound like what we just listened to on the piano. Almost like the Black Sheet, which is that Frank Zappa song that's famously impossible to play. It's as full as that. Yeah, yeah. There is... So, whoever's like studies music will probably tell us what key this is meant to say that it's in it, it, the bit before when it starts the bit after the 4-4 four, four bit at least it knows it's in 4-4 four, four. Yeah. it has a flat signal and then not like and then a, a weird cubey thing that isn't a sharp <laughs> and then another higher flat above that then a sharp and then another weird cubey thing and then a sharp three notes below that and in the first second there are 10 crotchet things all in one line <laughs> and it's just funny to see like a digital reimagining of like what the track this is what the track looks like on the yeah. paper this is a big saw bass that's the club version <laughs> uh, so we're gonna go to we've done piano we're gonna go to guitar we're gonna go classic clean first oh no The nice kind of semblance of the bar chords in there is funny. Hard rock. <laughs> so that, that there is what Dracula listens to when he gets into his coffin and puts on his headphones to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> That's aptly titled Mysterious Synth Lead. <laughs> Short plucky synth. That is short and plucky. It is, to be fair. Scream lead. I wonder. <laughs> Vox Box lead. <laughs> Welcome to Earth Wide Suitcase. I like that. Doesn't sound anything like a suitcase. Doesn't sound anything like anything. <laughs> Chip tune lead. This is when I thought, okay, this is as close as I'm going to be able to get to what I want. It does sound like a poorly emulated Mario game speed run, fast forward through. <laughs> like the only you can get those emulators where you can like set up to one point eight times the speed. That's what it sounds like. And then deep like, fry it. That's a that's the theme music for level level one two in Super Mario the first underground level. I made it that far. Couldn't make it past the first level. Yeah, th- th- those two goombas <laughs> in one go are hard. Yeah, man. I, sh- I couldn't figure out how to jump. I couldn't figure out how to move. Uh, yeah, so that was that's the various chip tune versions of uh, don't say a word. Notice I don't say chip tune. No, because I'm not a prick. Rightly, tip tune. Because oh, if you said chip tune, you have to go tip tune. Tip tune. And then London tip tune. Um, Ow, ow, did you hear that? My wrist. Yeah, that was really loud. Ow. How did you, you hit a key on the... No, on my I wrist. Oh, God. If you want to worry about that, do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and yeah, so that's... I think that's fucking... The sun's right in my eyes. Mate, calm it down. I get it. You're like eight billion I get miles. it. It's ten past five. You're lower than you were. <laughs> you sent that light eight minutes right into my fucking retinas. Really? Really? You want to do that to me now? Close the curtains. Yeah. Who the fuck are you talking to close the curtains? Who's she? The cat's mother. You ever heard of a little word there, Pete, called, uh, please, yeah? You ever hear of, you're going to look pretty fucking funny eating corn on the cob with no fucking teeth? I have heard of that, yeah. Yeah, it's anything from Blue, Blue Brothers? Yes, it is. It is. Yeah, yeah, no, 16 candles. <laughs> pretty in pink. That's everyone who's ever don't say a word. We're going to, there's going to be so many fucking interviews. We're going to be talking about the track for years, so there's, I don't want to linger on it here, you know? Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're going to kick into, oh, oh, he did it, he did it, he did it. Kick into second segment. It's called Sonic Seconds. Sonic Seconds. Sonic Seconds. 
Right, next is the Sonic Seconds where we play it. That was not, that energy wasn't high enough. Just there now. We're gonna kick into Sonic Seconds! Yes, this is Sonic Seconds where we play two or three seconds from a song that we think just makes the track. I always say that the exact same way, makes the track. Well, look. As if I'm Tony Blackburn or something. Yeah. You know, you explain it, it's good, it fits, it works. Yeah, I just keep trying to reinvent the, re I try to reinvent the wheel with every mm. intro and it's just, it's not conducive to a healthy work environment, a healthy work <laughs> approach. No. You know, the jingle stayed the same. Why can't the intro stay the same? They can, if you want them to. Oh, well, and they will. Look. Yeah. So, who wants to go first? Uh, the two of you looked at me, so I guess I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> so what have you got lined up for us today? Don't, don't, don't. Don't do that. Don't, don't do fucking that. do don't that. Don't, 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 don't do that. Don't, don't line them up like don't that. Don't even. Okay. Don't do that. You're a bitch. What? Well, what have you got lined up for today? <laughs> It, it's the intro to Waiting for the End of the World by Elvis Costello. Yeah. No. Brilliant. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, enough of that shit. That's one of my favourite Costello songs. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, I picked it because never, never have we listened to that song while two of us are, at least two of us are in the same room where we haven't mined the poop exactly, yeah. intro to it. So I thought I'd pick that. I've never come across a song with End of the World in the title that I didn't love thinking of that and it's the end of the world as we know it by Rem R-E-M Rem I don't know how you pronounce it I've never heard anybody say it <laughs> uh, yeah I don't know I don't know if any other songs call that but on a funny note I'm surprised if you didn't pick up on this that drummer is on a song yeah are we allowed to actually say that <laughs> I don't know well, will it be out by the time this comes out <laughs> they're single but not the one he's on let's park it for now yeah okay yeah, we've let's, had some. Let's Graham it. Yeah. Okay. Graham, very good. The drummer on that track is on a song. <laughs> so he's on. A, yeah, yeah. And is. we can't. We can say to use the vernacular of Northern England. We can say "Out Morland." Felt like Alex Turner was in room. In room. <laughs> Evan, what have you got? Yeah. Line up, so Evan, what have you got lined up? What are you going to play today? What's again? What's going on? I don't get the bitchy vibe that I thought <laughs> that that seemed I seemed to convey originally. I don't get the meaning behind that. I think you're in a sort of bitchy housewife pose on the couch. I am just, a bit. Just, just, just pass it. Sexy, maybe? No, absolutely, absolutely not. You need to be dressed in a gown with heavy makeup and a glass of white wine, full to the brim. That is the that's the pose you're in right now. But you are haggard by time. You have been ravaged by time. Saying this like it's a bad thing. <laughs> But just everything you said was just passed through a prism of middle-aged bitchiness. Just by even the way you're twiddling your toes right now is like I'm listening, but I'm going to destroy you now in a second. Okay. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> you draw attention to it now. I just want to keep doing it. Great. But yeah. Seeing as at, at the time of recording, it, we're two days off John Lennon's 80th birthday. Then by the time this goes up, we'll be some days clear of John Lennon's 80th birthday. Boomer. He was <laughs> literally the first baby boomers like after World War Two. I am going for potentially uh, yeah your favorite Beatles song. Uh, I'm the <gasps> Walrus which I for a while said was my favourite song of all time and probably still is yeah, but you I can't say that and be taken seriously also like six months ago you were like Promised Land Dave Evans version is my favourite song of all time oh no you see it's one of I, I think I came to this I came to this conclusion around the time you're we using did. the best friend metric that people use for all of it you have, to, you have your one favourite you have to just decide what that is <laughs> right. whatever it is I don't care what the song is whatever it is make the decision that's what I don't respect about it I think this is, I think this is my decision because I think I made this decision when we did the John Kelly Art Show in, I remember that uh, 2017 oh that time you played the entire live version of A Quick Mile is Away from the Rock and Roll Circus yeah, yeah that time that time like, they told us by the way you have, have an hour of collective time and Ev went I'm going to take half an hour of that please thanks yeah 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 <laughs> fucking B-D-E <laughs> uh, 
So I'm the Walrus. I think it's pr- being realistic probably is my favorite song. Uh, his first song I ever became obsessed with as a child. It's so it's got this kind of like power over me in some way. The Walrus aspect of that links it to I think one of the best films ever made, Tusk. Of course, by Kevin Smith. Yes. Hmm. It's an amazing film. The segment I've gone for, yeah, like obviously all the production is fucking genius and all the stuff is really cool. The strings in particular, the string intro and all that sort of stuff. I'd lose them too. Yeah, yeah. What the fuck were they thinking? (laughs) So I've gone for a bit where all of the uh, essential elements that make the production on it cool, i.e. the kind of spooky, crazy, psychedelic strings and Lennon's distorted vocal and all that sort of stuff, it all collides in this moment towards the end of the song. So that just all, that sums it all up there, the appeal of that track to me yeah. and a lot of uh, kind of emotions it brings forward. The Eiffel Tower is great when his voice just sort of like the, the, the ribbon in the mic is not coping yeah. well with it, it's great. Yeah, and the strings playing that riff sounds so Yeah, cool. whatever effect is on that string, on the strings yeah. is brilliant. I remember someone uh, back in a point in our lives, people made memes about us. Oh yeah. Those photos of us, a photo of us sitting on the steps of Mount Harry, the house where we were staying when we recorded the first album, and someone badly superimposed us onto a cornflake. Uh, and the caption was sitting on a cornflake, uh, and it was just nice to be to be beetle memed because <laughs> that is mentioned in the song. Indeed, yeah, that's kind of generally it. Just a little uh, <laughs> happy 80th birthday, John Sonic Sonic Second. Great. He's not listening now if he can't hear you. My one, my Sonic Second, comes from a strange place, but with a beetle link. Right, okay, Liverpool. So have a guess and see if you can figure out who this singer is. This is ridiculous. <laughs> This is brilliant. I can't believe this. What the fuck? Who do you think that sounds like? I I, I don't know. I can't. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm, I'm, I'm putting on a spot here. Play more. Play me more. I mean, it sounds like Bob Dylan. You could not be more wrong. Ooh. So that's tasty. That is Joe Pesci. What? <laughs> this is from an album released in the sixties called Little Joe Sure Can Sing. <laughs> right? Brilliant. He Where, sure can. He fucking sure can. He released three albums. I'll I'll just read out the fucking tracks because it's fucking hilarious, and I'll get to what I want to talk about in a second. Little Joe Sure Can Sing on Ooh. Brunswick Records, like the label the fucking Who were on. Yes. Joe Pesci and the Who were label mates. <laughs> <laughs> You know, he, do, he doesn't cover the Beatles. This, this album was released some point after, obviously, that track was really, got to get doing very life was released. But I can't, I can't imagine what led to this happening. Some guy's watching uh, Ed Sullivan appearance of the Beatles, picks up the phone and goes, Joe, it's me, your cousin, Marvin. Marvin Pesci? <laughs> you know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this! Why Joe Pesci did this, I, I don't fucking know. Uh, I'm going to get the track listing up because it is insane in the membrane. Mm. Uh, so I have to. It's not even on Wikipedia. I have to go to Discogs to get it. He does uh, "Holiday" by the Bee Gees. "Got to Get Into My Life" by the Beatles. "Stop and Say Hello." Fair enough. "To Love Somebody." Grand. "Fool on the Hill." <laughs> Joe Pesci. "Fool on the Hill." Joe N-F-N Pesci sings Hill. this again. Why? Know him. They can see that he's just a fool. So incredibly Joe Pesci, it's it's exactly yeah. his voice. Just it's we we found the two best versions of those two Beatles songs as well. <laughs> and then he also does this is silly. I know this isn't really a sonic second, but I just mm. wanted to bring it up anyway. He also does a cover of What a Wonderful World. Listen to what he gets 
wrong. <laughs> now, obviously, all this stuff was recorded when he was... Little Joe. A Ute. He was a Ute. Uh, listen to what he gets wrong in this. Red roses too. 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 And I think to myself... To myself. <laughs> wow. What a beautiful world. That's not the name of the song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucked it. Did you say wonderful at all? I, I didn't get that far. He, <laughs> okay. He might do. If you put it to the very end, it does end on a what a wonderful world. So we'll see if you put it. Oh, okay. I think to myself, this ain't such a bad world. I'm on the cover of it. <laughs> that's Billy Crystal that's not, that's no. not <laughs> I'm so glad I found that as well look at the cover Crazy. art as well I mean I can't help but think of him in sort of casino and you know fucking Goodfellas and obviously Home Alone and all stuff as well and then singing these songs. Him lying on the ground going, Marv, what are you doing? What are you doing, Marv? Marv. That's crazy. Look at how old he is. Well, he looks way older than I was expecting to look yeah. when I saw the thing there. I thought he was going to look really, like, teenagery, but no. No, no absolutely not. Say, like, as it is in casino, putting men's heads in vices is, like, giving Liotta shit in Goodfellas. Goodfellas, he's just a full-on bad, cruel bastard. Yeah. Using that metric of Pesci is Beatles, mm-hmm. I drew up, a, a sort of, I got together a sort of, very basic alignment chart for famous Italian-American actors and their Northern English-British uh, invasion beat group bands. Nice. So, now, I'll run these by you see what you think. Robert De Niro? Yeah. Animals. Rough and tough. Yes. Yeah, fair, fair okay. enough, fair enough. Ray Liotta, Zombies. <laughs> zombies. Not a heavy hitter, but, like, inexplicably held up amongst the greats. Yeah, yeah. You know? Uh, Ralph Macchio, Karate Kid, Hollies. Interminably young, <laughs> interminably fun. Yeah, yeah. No, Ralph has the sort of Tony Hicks kind of doe-eyed innocence. Exactly. Ages like Tony Hicks as well. <laughs> yeah. E.g. fine wine. <laughs> oh, yeah. And on top of that, so we've got like, but then I couldn't figure out one for like Pacino. I was thinking Yardbirds, but no, he's too much of a heavy hitter for, because Yardbirds is too underground. Yardbirds would be like Harry Dean Stanton or someone like that. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He might even be Italian. Yeah, why did you go for Pacino? Or did, did I haven't got one. You haven't got one. I'm, only, I'm not. Uh, like, who are the Stones, you see? Because see, but I'm going Northern English. Stones oh, sorry, you're going for Northern English. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Who are the searchers and all this? Who's like terrible but lovable? <laughs> Andy Circus. He's not Italian. <laughs> I'm He's a full-on fucking joking. Brit. <laughs> Andy Serkis does a fucking motion capture searchers biopic. He plays everybody. See, the thing is, there's too many of these lads are hard hitters and there's not enough fucking Northern English bands that are hard hitting. <laughs> Kevin Pollock, maybe? Again, I'm just pulling this out of my fucking hole. You yeah. know his face when you see him. That guy. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. No, you need an actor who, like, the searchers, the type of actor that they would be, like, the searchers of actors is someone who's, like, not that important or good, but you care about them more than better important people. People, for some reason Vinnie Vella yeah Pasquale Cajano <laughs> okay again that was that's the extent of my alignment chart again I feel like the, fir- the first three were kind of solid and then the rest of them kind of fell off a fucking cliff yeah I think that's all the sonic seconds again mine, mine is a bit of an abstract sonic second and I apologise profusely to everyone well you've got form for that now dig on this and all that stuff oh I have done it yeah, I've yeah. Got, yeah, yeah. I've, I've it's r- expected I've run, I've run the gamut of unexpectedness in sonic seconds that was sonic seconds sonic seconds Hello, this is Nigel Schneebly. <laughs> this is Sid Didn't Die For This. Sid Didn't Die For This is a segment of the show where we bring up disappointing things that bands did and, and, and come to the conclusion that Sid Vicious didn't die for that. Sid Didn't Die. 
for Ian Gom to comment under <laughs> every clip of Cruel to Be Kind saying, and I'm going to quote directly from the internet now, Ian Gom basically was a member of Bringsy Swartz and he co-wrote the song Cruel to Be Kind with Nick Lowe, but he's taken it upon himself now to go to every Cruel to Be Kind video and comment underneath that he wrote half the song. And it's easily one of the most petty things that I've seen an old man do on the internet, which is, which is saying a fucking lot. So here's one clip here. This is the behind-the-scenes Nick Lowe Cruel Be Kind video. Ian Gaum, top comment, writes, What a great song. Who could possibly have helped him co-write this amazing ditty? Oh. It's so pathetic. Top reply, Why, it was you, sir. I admit I had to look that up. Someone else replied, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God. Someone's like, I see what you did there. It's just, it's fucking pathetic. And there's another one. Is he, is he, is he, is he not credited? He is. Well, then what's he saying then? He says he's just not given enough credit, even though he's oh, credited. Oh, well, didn't he? He doesn't get enough love for it. He didn't fucking release it. <laughs> he's getting the payday for it, yeah. There's another comment here that sort of sums up his frustrations with it. So this is a clip of Nick Lowe on with Daryl Hall. So again, it was like a live session with Daryl Hall that Ian Gom decided to go fucking hard in the mo fucking paint <laughs> with this, right? Where he says, thought I'd better just mention that I co-wrote this song with Sp- Banker low when we were both in the Bringsy Swartz group seeing as he never does. Jesus. Yeah. I've not even seen uh, yeah that many interviews with Nick where he discusses that song. He talks about peace of understanding all the time. Yeah. And like he always talks about how he was inspired to write that and how it was his first original idea and all this sort of stuff. But uh, like never is cruel to be kind. It's not it's no. not like it gets the attention where it's like, oh yeah, I remember that day that I brilliantly came up with that. He never even said, yeah, he never denies it. He never brings it up and never denies it. Either. The only story Nick tells is that he didn't want to record it. But now and this is the thing, so, but all the comments I think Ian Gone posted up going I can't wait for everyone to go yeah Ian Nick such a prick right what a bollocks you deserve better everyone just says you did a great job Ian it's a brilliant song love Nick it's all great so like no one's even joining in with his Mm. bitterness either like all the comments are great song loved it since I was a kid Uh, kudos this is probably the best song ever Uh, you know no one's joining in going that's so you're so hard done by Ian he just comes across as a bitter old fucking man the person who doesn't now this Sid did die for this this is lovely Terry Williams the drummer in Rockpile. The top comment on Dave Evans on Rockpile version of Girls Talk that was shown on Top of the Pops. If you look up Dave Evans' Girls Talk, it won't come up. You have to look up Dave Evans and Rockpile hyphen Girls Talk. You'll see that the top comment comes from an account called Terry Williams. And the comment says, Who's that dead good looking bracket except <laughs> the nose? Close brackets. Guy on the drums. <laughs> Four question marks. Lol. <laughs> that's how you old. That's how you old man on the internet. That is how you old man. Yeah, damn right. Couldn't ask anymore. Wouldn't expect any less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's my Sid didn't die. Ian Gom being a pathetic individual. If he had anything to do with the original version of Cruel to Be Kind, he deserved to not get credit because it's shit. The Japanese game show theme version. Ugh. No, no hate to Japan or game shows or Japanese game no, shows but, there. But all hate to Ian Gom. Yeah. <laughs> What's yours, Ross? Um, Sid didn't die for John Bon Jovi be alive. I'm not even going to say what he said. I'm just going to play what he said. If I can find the video. What? I want the video. I don't want some... I want to read it. Ew. Okay, it's not playing it. I'm going to have to just read the quote. Just play it. I want to hear it. can't play it. I want to hear it in his tombra. This is really annoying. Oh, God, you are. John Bono. John Bonham. Jovi. Bono is probably right at my age. He's a couple of months older, I think. His upbringing was obviously very different than mine. Then goes on to say... I never had orange men walking through my neighbourhood saying, you know, get the Catholic kid and beat him up. You don't get any of that in New Jersey. You don't get any in Dublin either. <laughs> What's that meant to mean? Is he oh, so, for like, God's sake. He, he's, got, he's, got his, he's got his things mixed up He's kind of Sunday, bloody Sunday type Yeah, thing. But, but what is he saying? Is that Bono had a harder life than me? Yeah, he said, he said you know, yeah, basically, Bono had a tough upbringing because he was getting beaten up by the prods. Like, <laughs> I have one word to say. 
thick. That's thick. That's stupid. Yeah. Why would you bother saying that? Dropping in the hand grenade of Bono is a Protestant as well. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, John Bon Jovi. I didn't need further confirmation that the man was an idiot. Yeah. But I'm mean, glad that I have it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And it's, it's like, where, like, did Bono say that to him? No. No. <laughs> Definitely not. Where is he getting these bizarre yeah. claims? He's pulled totally unrelated facts from several sources and smashed them together <laughs> in his head yeah. to make up Bono's life story. Silly old John. When was that done? When was that done? When did he say that? Yesterday, two days ago. It's just recent. It's, it's fresh. It's fresh recent. news. Yeah. Oh, brilliant! I was thinking like maybe this was, this was the height of his drug days, and you go fair enough. Maybe you could you could, <laughs> you could blur the lines of the political landscape of Ireland if you were fucked off your head on coke and meth every day yeah, in no, the eighties. Um, yeah, it was, it's very silly. Not a morally bad thing to be saying or any like. It's just. S- silly. silly silly and stupid and mm. embarrassing is what it is alright that was Sid did not die with that we're going to move on to the last segment for this episode this is called Have I Got Tunes For You Yeah, this is Have I Got Tunes For You, where we uh, recommend an album for you all to go home and listen to. Uh, Ev, do you want to go first? Uh, yeah, okay. I will go for uh, Mike Nesmith of The Monkees in his solo career. I'm actually just cross-referencing, double-checking here whether this is in his days with the First National Band, his post-Monkees outfit, or whether it's just a Mike Nesmith release. And the album is called Tantamount to Treason, Volume 1. It's just by Mike Nesmith. There's a lot of shit talk out there about The Monkees. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of shit talk out there talking about the monkeys' varying credibility uh, statuses. Yeah. Uh, the monkeys have total and utter credibility. They're absolutely fantastically brilliant. Uh, one of the greatest catalogues of songs, song books, that's the word, ever. <laughs> and Mike Nesbitt is obviously the coolest component of all that. So his solo stuff, when he does his fucking all-out country and western type, I'm from Texas type songs, yeah. it's brilliant and he's got loads of great albums. But this one is one that I really enjoyed, uh, Tanimate of Treason Volume 1, because he goes for this kind of mad... Uh, you would say heavy but not heavy in the cliched boring sense as in like the production is just fucking really in your face and really mm. thick uh, and pounding stuff thick and pounding uh, pounding Word, stuff words often associated with Mike Nesmith yeah there's loads of great tracks on it it rocks out uh, he does a monkey song This might it might be a bonus track on just Spotify smashed all together into one album it might be the Lux Edition thing or not, or not. Uh, Circle Sky is a, a monkey song cool. that uh, he does a very different version of the Monkey's version is great as well. I would recommend checking that out. The opening track is called Mama Rocker. Great. And it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool fucking like hard rocking country and influenced sort of 70s-y Mike Nesbitt-y fun. I love the man. I have loved him ever since. Me and him go way back um, to the point where we watched the Monkey's audition test. First of all, the album of his that I love is And the Hits Just Keep On Coming. Great title. Brilliant. I think that's the one with different drum on it. Yes, I think so. Yeah. So I went for the big album. So we were watching the Monkeys audition tapes, just sort of screen tested it, and the point where he goes over to the drawer and the set is in and goes, "Oh wow, are you ready for this?" <laughs> <laughs> I adore that. It's that's a, that's a sonic second easily in and of itself. Could reappear in the future. He also, someone asks him, I don't know what the question is. They're like, "Why did you come out?" Oh yeah, why did you come out to LA? Whatever it is. Oh yeah. And he said, "That's where it's at." Oh yeah, he goes like, "Why do they call that a light?" I mean, I just it's where it's at, man. Is that what he said? Yeah. Regardless of the leading question, he says that's where it's at. I disintegrated and reassembled into someone who knew for a fact that that's where it's at was the coolest thing I had ever heard, and was going to use it forever. Now, 
my life panned out differently and I haven't. <laughs> but the will to use that was so strong that I, that night, changed my iPod Nano's name <laughs> from Pete's iPod, I was in a Lee Brillo fixation at the time as well, to Brillo's, parentheses, that's where it's at, close parentheses, pod. <laughs> that's the impact that Mike You were Nesmith hoping to one day host a show on Boogaloo Radio <laughs> with that fucking carry on. <laughs> that's how hard Mike Nesmith hit me with his that's where it's at. I mm. could not believe it. I did consider going, I could just adopt the bobble-headed hat. And then went, I cannot be a hat person. The, the man has utmost respect. Were you to come in here now and ask me to do anything, yeah. I would do it. You would respect his wishes. I would do it. Who wants to say the fact that everyone says, his mother invented Tipex. Oh, his well. mother invented Tipex. He invented MTV. Heard it all before, mate. And I'll say about Mike Nesmith. Ross, what do you think? Do you know him? He's a guy from the monkeys. Mike Nesmith also he like he, the, the you know his legendary status. He lived in LA when he auditioned for the monkeys. It's all California based. He wore a woolly hat. We know what the weather's like in he LA. Wore a woolly hat and tartan shirts yeah. everywhere <laughs> and big jeans. I yeah. did that for the first thirteen years of my life. Not in LA. No, true. My have I got tunes for you this month comes from a band that are often I think thrown into the same comedy circles of derisement derision. As the monkeys, uh, a band called The Turtles, of course, and their album. They they have more than one song. They have plenty. Yeah, so the Turtles and their album, The Turtles present the battle of the bands. Oh, yeah. This is a, this is an album that I sort of came across after being told about it. <laughs> <laughs> Not a success. The album peaked at number one twenty one in the Billboard Pop Album Chart. It's singles more specific. Yeah, it's it. The big track in this album is Eleanor, which was a shameless cash in on their massive hit. Happy together. Happy together. <laughs> that did take me a second. <laughs> I came across the song Eleanor via a film that I and the world rightly detests. The boat that rocked. Oh yeah, horrible, absolutely horrible, horrible film. Horrible, horrible. I film. hate, 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 so hate bad. that film. It's despicable. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's shit. It's so fucking bad. I haven't seen it. Uh, now you should check it out. Give it a watch. But the song, the song was great, uh, and gave me. It's I think one of the first tracks in the film, and it sort of gave me a hope. I was like, oh fuck, this might be all right. And then Philip Seymour Hoffman continues to be a twat throughout the film. But the song's great, and it's it's the lead single. It's the only single I think off this. No, you showed me it was a single. It's the only single off this album. But it's a, it's a relative sort of concept album, and I think it's an idea that bands always have, and then go, oh no, it's too fucking silly. But they actually follow through with it, and it's every song is supposedly done by a different band and done in an entirely different style. Which is really impressive, and they actually pull it off in a way that's quite convincing. As in the band, the songs all sound totally different. Mm. It starts off. I think it does like a start. Yeah, it starts off with a track called "The Battle of the Bands," which is an interesting track, written by Harry Nielsen. I see here, which is a bit mad, and Chip Douglas. <laughs> Chip Douglas, who uh, produced and played bass for the Monkeys. Chip it? Douglas, who was called Chip Douglas. Yeah. Uh, many different styles, all that stuff. And the, the, I bring it up because the band names that they use for each thing, so they're all listed, to, all credited to different bands and things. Which again would be a marketing nightmare because the single was released under the name Howie, Mark, Johnny, Jim, and Al. So even the turtles don't even get the credit for the fucking thing. So like it was a, ma- a massive waste of time in terms of marketing and promotion because you couldn't because you could the, the turtle name is only on the cover. Yeah. But the, there's names like the US Teens featuring Raul, uh, the <laughs> the Atomic Enchilada, which do a song called The Last Thing I Remember, which is a really good sort of psychedelic track. The Quad City Ramblers, the LA Bust '66, the Fabulous Dogs with WGS, okay. the Crossfires, uh, Chief Kamano Walaya and his Royal Macadamia Nuts, uh, Nature's Children, the Big Brothers, Fats Mallard and the Bluegrass Fireball. And then the last track called Earth Anthem and it's credited to all. <laughs> a bit of a wacky races, cars vibe to some of them names. Chief Kamana Wanalea makes me think of High School Musical 2 with 
humu humu nuka nuka apua a kamalilikali makahili hu whatever the fuck you said we live in a world where you can draw a tangible link between song titles between the turtles and high school musical and i'm glad we're there mm. but i think it's a very good album as well the gimmicky approach the sort of novelty gimmick of the album i think undercuts the gosh, quality of the music on it some of the songs are absolutely brilliant buzzsaw is fantastic has a really great guitar sound oh daddy is brilliant uh, surfer dan is a really genuinely good surfer track eleanor obviously is great last thing i remember is brilliant battle of the bands has some honking brass which is brilliant on it mm. uh, i think i've said brilliant in every sentence there brilliant thank you and that's that's my have i got tunes for you my one um i've either picked an album that i haven't picked before or i've picked the same album that I picked last week and I just can't remember. It's The Cars by The Cars. Mm. Oh, no, you haven't picked that. 1978. This is one I've always said I liked and I had never listened to. I lied to to people. Oh, you're one of them. And I was like, yeah, man, I love The Cars. I never said man. It's like I've, I've told people that I've seen um, Twin Peaks and I haven't just because I know that I would like it. And I just go, I'm going to see it eventually, so I'll just tell them that I did. Yeah, I still it's haven't kind seen of that it. thing. I'm, yeah. I'm living a, a double life of lies and deception, as are you. Not anymore. Okay. Because I listened to this about three months ago. And I really like it. It opens with good times roll into my best friend's girl into just what I needed. Uh, that's a, that is top loading your album. That's an opening salvo. And the rest, <laughs> the rest of them are. <laughs> it tapers off massively. Yeah, I mean, that, look, that is the bad thing about top loading your album is. Not if it's consistent. Not if you top load, mid load, and end load your album <laughs> like we're going to do. No, we're gonna we're gonna top load the fuck out of our album. I mean, it's the way to go. What other tracks do you like on it? There's one called "Don't Cha Stop," but it's, it's not "Don't Cha" in in Don't in Cha. Not in one word don't you wish your girlfriend was no not like that it's okay. but it is it is meant in the same way where they, they are asking don't don't you wish people were as sexy as we are in the cars nice what's the song they sing in scooby the sugar ray does I don't know what about the cars makes me think of sugar ray and that bit oh Bex would know that sounds that so nice. familiar fuck oh well but yeah, the cars go listen. We actually ring her on the on the phone. <laughs> okay, we're gonna fly in a guest now to help <laughs> answer a question that we don't want to fucking uh, that we don't want to Google. Hello, Bex. What's the crack? Hi, Peter. How are you? All Come here. We're doing the podcast, and uh, we you're on it at the moment. Okay, good to know. Do you know when Scooby Doo? I literally watched it two days ago. Fant- well, great. You'll know then. What song I'm do Sugar? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Matthew Lillard and the gang. Freddie Prinze, yeah. Sarah Michelle, and. But anyway, what song does Sugar Ray sing? The one that goes... Ba, 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 da. Fuck. Oh, fuck. What we didn't want to Google it. Fuck. What is it called? Da, 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 da. He flashes the eyes at Daphne and all that. Not in yeah, a sexy yeah, way, in yeah, a, yeah. I'm a monster way. Mm. What are the lyrics? I, I can't even think of the lyrics. It's just great pop. Pure pop. Anyway, you're no help, so that's fine. But uh, welcome to being our first phoned-in guest. We'll just Google it. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I couldn't be more help. <laughs> I was close to the melody. You were? You yeah. were. Oh, the harmony has, has unlocked a memory that I didn't know existed. Shareable. Watching Scooby Doo. Oh, okay. I'll see you again. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank God we solved that. Thank Christ. We solved the riddle. The mystery. We've got a mystery on our hands. Oh, we could have said we've got a mystery on our uh, hands, Scoob. Oh, we're idiots. We've missed so many golden opportunities in our life and that was yet another one that we missed. Yeah. We could have split up and you could have rang Becky. Someone else could have Googled it. Someone else could have fucking got, got to the library and tried to look it up there. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, was, that, was that everything you wanted to say about the Cars album? <laughs> we, we were talking about the car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, that is all. Great. All right. That was... Ha- oh, I nearly did it again. That was... Have I got... Have I got... <laughs> have I got... 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 Have I got...
Yes, and with that, that leads. That, that's the end of this episode. Thank fucking Christ. All we want you to take away from this episode is that our new, our first single started the 30th of October. Everything else you can disregard and chalk up to a waste of time. This has been Pete. This, this has been. been <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Uh, this has been Pete. This has been Ross. This has been Evan. Reminding you to be rooting. Be tooting. Always be shooting. And be pre-saving. But most importantly, be be kind. kind.